Cats. We have a beautiful person today, Natasha Kitty Cat, all the way from Scotland, 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 UK, United Kingdom, a young legend in her time. She's making waves in the UK European scene, and she's got a great story to tell us. And we like to talk rhetoric bullshit too, you know, before we start, because you know why? Got to get everybody time to, oh, they're coming on. Oh, it's like, go grab your popcorn. Oh, uh, honey, put the kids to bed. <laughs> it's like, hurry up. It's seven o'clock. It's eight o'clock in Europe. You kids go to bed. Get your asses in bed now. I told you get in bed. Don't you come down. Come down between seven and nine. Don't you come down. Stay up there. You don't come down. And I think I found it's Lenny's Wednesday, Lenny's day. Wednesday seems to be a good time in the week for people to recap and regather, um, you know, to come and check you out. This is a good time of night. You catch everybody. You'd yeah. be surprised who steps prime in. Time. You're going to see. Prime time. It's a prime time Wednesday night. We're at seven o'clock, right after the news. After the news, here comes Lenny on a Wednesday night. It's like boom. But this week, we got a wonderful young starlet who's into rotary. And what do I mean by rotary? You know, she's not at the Rotary Club. You know, in the Rotary Club, you know, everybody knows about it. No, we're not so much she's at that kind of rotary. She's into rotary. Rotary Club. Rotary. Look at that. She's got a red rotary mix on. That. That's some shit. Look at that. Now, <laughs> let's start right from there. Let's start. See, let's go. We're almost at two o'clock. First of all, quick question. Real easy one. Easy, easy, easy one. one You're not gonna... Vinyl or CDs <laughs> or um, vinyl or USB sticks? Right. So I've got my answer for this. I love to collect records, as you can see. Behind me, this is all my stuff, weird and wonderful as it is. So when I'm traveling, I, I do love playing on vinyl. That would, you know, it's my first love in terms of music. But when you're traveling on the road and you're not got the strongest arms such as myself, it is easier to take a USB. So from a perspective of what medium do I love the most? Well, I collect records, but in terms of when I'm traveling, Occasionally, I'll take like a, a bag of seven, a box of sevens, or you know, a couple of twelves. But when you're on the road and you're going from A to B, it's easier. It's the portability, and you know, I will always love vinyl more. It's it's my preferred medium. But when you're on the road, I'm not gonna lie. I'm gonna give it to you straight here. It's easier to take a USB, and half the time I'll just rip. So you don't like the idea like I used to have to do and all my friend DJs around the world would do the same thing, Harry, record boxes all over the continents? Well, I've done it. I have done it. And I realized it's like my back is starting to hurt. So it's more the portability. But if you ask me what my preferred medium was in terms of what do I actually like more, it would always be records. But when you're traveling, sometimes for portability, it's easier to, you know, it's easier with USBs. But... Don't get me wrong, my money's invested in records. That's what I prefer it. So that's that's my answer to that one. Well, let me give you a bit of an answer to this. <laughs> Do you like the fact that you don't have to spend the fortune of money to keep up on having new material? 
No, because, well, to be honest, with me, my record collection, half the time I'm looking back the way. So I'm looking for records that came out in the 70s and 80s. That's like the prime period for me. Oh, I, love, is, I love all that. There we go. There we go. A little disco, a little disco, <laughs> electro. The underground disco stuff, and I'm going back the way. But, so I'm still, you know, there's still that investment in records. You know, that's, again, it's something I collect. It's a very expensive habit. I enjoy it. I blame my father for said habit. It's his fault. He got me into music. <laughs> it's your fault, Dad. If you're watching, it's your fault. Where's your um, father? Call him up right now. Get him on the phone. Uh, interview with him. Somewhere. I'd be like, Dad, this is your fault. This, all this obsession with vinyl is your fault. But yeah, you know, I love, I love records and I love a lot of modern stuff that's coming out as well. You know, I, I produce music. As well, okay, so now we're actually at seven o'clock. We're starting to get everybody in. I want to introduce oh, you. Now it's seven o'clock on the dot. See, this is what's good about it. We give a little <laughs> prelude to the to the issue. Okay, everybody, welcome to True House Stories. You saw what we did last week with Michael Gray. We got him sweating. <laughs> everybody was stressed out. We were enjoying. He had. A, he. I even. Ran, I even made him go run in the other room to get his award. I said, Michael, go get your award. Show everybody your nomination for the Grammy. He went running and we saw his sexy legs and we watched <laughs> him go in the kitchen and run, come back. And he's, he's been working out. He's been getting ready to come back stronger than ever, like all of us have. Unfortunately, I've been working out with the fork and the knife, putting the food in my mouth. But that's another story. We've got to work on that weight too, because I, I don't know if the plane is going to allow me to get on, because I may actually... The, I may actually have a whale issue happening when the plane oh, comes. You're going to see it go. <laughs> so this week on True House Stories, we have a young starlet that I've been watching for a while. She's been making major moves with Soul Heaven, especially Glitterbox has, has elected to bring her in as one of their female jocks that they go to, you know, trusty DJ female, and then they want a classy disco set with a flavor of house, they asked Miss Natasha Kitty Cat. So I'd like to introduce today on August 12th on seven o'clock in the UK, eight o'clock in Europe, two o'clock in New York City, Miss Natasha Kitty Cat. Yes, yes. Again. The Tonight Show. So Natasha was thrilled to come up and, and sit in the hot seat but what's comfortable about it is she actually went and made sure she set up her turntables. You could see 1200s of pioneers. She cleaned everything up, knowing that we were coming into her home. We brought the cameras like Folgers. We brought them into the home to see what she drinks, how she handles everything. Because nobody's seen her in her home. They only seen her working in a nightclub or, or a, maybe at, in high in a basil or somewhere fresh and fabulous, you know, like a mega star type that she is. So we want to ask mega star like questions. So the first absolute most important question is most, most important. Where, where is Natasha Kitty Cat born? The name, where does that come from? Where is that thought of? It, it's such a hot name, Natasha Kitty Cat, meow. I don't want to let people down because it's quite a, a straightforward story, but it is a story. So if it wasn't obvious before, I am obsessed with cats. 
and my obsession began you know for years and years i always wanted a cat and my mother if she's watching i'm sorry i'm going to expose you for this you wouldn't let me get a cat so the obsession grew to the point you know it's it's now in my DJ name. So Natasha Kitty Cat, it, it mostly stems from an obsession with cats. I now have a cat, Atlantis, a Persian cat, who's the biggest diva going. But yeah, it, it literally, Kitty Cat, people used to call me Kitty, and then it was Kitty Cat, and I always like the Ks and then double T, just make it a little bit different. But yeah, that's where that started. It's an obsession with cats. So from what I read, or something, was it 2010, the name you changed your real name from... Natasha, is it Prober? That's, that's my day name. So the thing Sorry, is, excuse me. Her, she said, this is a crime fire. She's like Clark Kent in a day. And at night, she's, yeah, she's back. She's like cat Batman, Oh, my God. <laughs> I've been exposed. So I still use Natasha. It's funny that you say that. So there's times when people will say to me, oh, you know, is Natasha Prober? And I'll sit there and I'll kind of be looking about. And they're like, Natasha Prober. I'm like, oh, yeah, because... I would like you to go get your glasses so you could see us better and get into your IT mode. And I need an IT question. My computer doesn't start. What do I do? Right, exactly. What do I do? But isn't that funny? Think about this in a crime fighter. Now, if you were Superman, did not everybody realize that you look at Clark Kent with the glasses on? Did anybody say, wait a minute, that could be Superman? I mean, when Natasha Kitty Cat with her glasses at night, DJ, she takes off her glasses in the daytime, and we went to call out Natasha Probert. We need you over here. Whenever I'd be like, who? What? But you're the Kitty Cat. You are the, aren't you Kitty? Yeah. Absolutely, meow. See, the, the thing is, it's, it is one of these things, and if I get a booking overseas, when I go to a hotel, I'll have to say, right, what's the name booked under? And if I say Natasha Probert, I'm like, okay, is it the promoter's name? No. Natasha Kitty Cat. Ah, oh, that's the one. They're like, that's an interesting name. I'm like, it's a stage name. But yeah. Yes, <laughs> on my pa- on my passport, it says Natasha, middle name Kitty, last name Cat. Let's spell it together. K is in kite. A is in alpha. T for well, I've always gotten that question. Anyone asked me, is Lenny Fontana your real name? I said, yeah, that's the name that my father and mother gave me. But of course, it's it's Leonardo or Leonard, of course, but, you know, legally speaking. But in America, we we tend to we tend to shorten names. We, we do that like religiously. If someone's name is Victor, now it's Vic. You know, Anthony's Tony. James is Jimmy. It's like, you know, I think in England they do the same, but... Nowhere else in the world. You always hear, like in France, that their names are John Jerome Dupree. Da, da. You must call me John Jean Dupree. I'm like, <laughs> but here's what, like you know what, dude? Here's the deal. I'm going to call you fucking Jean and go sit down. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a kiddie it. show. It's a kiddie show. F that. that. I ain't going to go through this. Get that. No, I ain't doing it. Okay. So. When did you start? Okay, from what I remember, also I met your dad, and I remember talking to me. Your father's a big time collector, and your mom, and they used to come out and hear guys like myself and David Morales and Tony Humphries and all. 
when did you start going out with them? Or they, I remember him mentioning he had taken you to some of those events over the years. What was that like for you? And when did that really begin? Well, in terms, well, in terms of music being played to me, so from disco, soul to house music, I've been brought up in an environment where that music's been playing constantly since I was little. So that's been what I've known. And then from the moment I could go out and have a drink and enjoy the nightlife with them, my mum and dad always would be like around Edinburgh, oh, do you want to come at this? Do you want to come at that? Whoever's playing. And I would go, and it's always been this shared experience as a family. So I'm very fortunate in the fact. I'm, I'm to tell you we something. We all love all, this music. Yo, all kidding aside, I can never see myself going with my mom and dad to the Paradise Garage. A lot of people say that to me, but we're not a normal family. We're not a normal family. What are we, what are we really trying not. to say? What are we trying to say? You're, the, you're like the Adams family of disco? Uh, oh, are you, you Morticia? Know, are you Morticia now? Which one? What, what's the story? I'm going to market that, Lenny. That's my new tagline. No, literally, you could say the Adams family of disco. I love that. That's that's true. I'll take that. Brand it. Tea. Get the treat. <laughs> but yeah, no, like from the minute I was able to go out clubbing and, you know, I went with my mum and dad to different house music events to. You know, I went to Southport with them. I went to different things. And, you know, my dad taught me how to DJ. He taught me the ropes. He's the reason for this obsession with music. You know, it's been ingrained in me from a very young age. And it's something that we, you know, we share as a family. And it's a great thing that we have that connection. So even, you know, when things, hopefully, when things get better, you know, there'll be different events throughout the year, such as Southport, Sunset Beat, etc. And we'll, we go as a, a family, you know, it's something that we enjoy. And I'm not like, oh my God, there's mum and dad in the corner. Like, I'm there with them, like, yeah, oh my God, this music. That's the sort of thing, that, that's the relationship we have. And it's a, it's a great thing, because, you know, initially when you say to people, yeah, I'm going out with my mum and dad tonight, they're like, you're going out with your mum and dad and I'm like yeah <laughs> dot 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 and I'm like no absolutely that's who I'm going out with what do you mean you is that your stepmom or your <laughs> no it's <laughs> yeah, my mom no it's my mom <laughs> but yeah no we, that's something we share as a family that's something you know we all really enjoy so it's good I remember your dad telling me that he I, I, I was working on Shirley Light's fire I think he saw and he says oh yeah I go to Philly a lot and I thought he was somewhat American background, but then you corrected me. Can you fill in the blanks? Because he said, oh, I used to fly over a lot to America back and forth. I don't know if it was for business or it was for record collecting or he was just a Philly native. I wasn't sure. But no, he, he um, so my mom and dad go between Philadelphia. And um, so my dad does business over there. While he's over there doing business, there's a lot of places we go to collect records. We've got, to be honest, a lot of the record stores in the UK pale in comparison to Brewery Town Beats. I'm sorry, I have to say it, Philly for record digging is just an absolute mecca for me and my dad because a lot of the artists that we love came out of Philly, you know? It, it's a no-brainer. So, yeah, so my dad, um, he... His day job, he's a consultant for the power electronics industry and his clients take him to Philadelphia. And, you know, Philly, it's funny, whenever I go over to visit, Philly feels like a second home. 
I've been over a couple of times, but it's got that feeling about it. I really, really, really love it. It's a place close to my heart now, and the records are good. So that's always a bonus. So you tend to you, you tend to shift your your emotions to an R and B dance sound, which is basically what Philly International is. Yeah, yeah, love Philly International. Teddy P, Gene Carn, you know, love it. Billy Paul, I could go on. I just yeah, go ahead, go on. Teach the children. Go ahead. <laughs> so There's good. children watching. They need to learn. Come on now, teach them. Children watching Lenny. I hope not at this hour. This should be the. Well, in America, it's two o'clock in the afternoon in August. This kid's watching. It's full watershed for the UK. <laughs> but no, yeah, the Philly. Philly. And you were saying you worked with Shirley Lights. Heat You Up, Melt You Down on West End Records is one of my favorite records ever. I think Shirley's just. Oh, she's the bomb. She's a, And she was as awesome. Fire she was a hot fire. record. For, right, that was a and look. When I did that record, I thought about Philly. I was thinking, yeah, and bringing her in when you couldn't get any more Philly than that. Absolutely, she's a Philly native. I mean, she is part. She was on tour with Dexter Wansel and all those bands. Exactly, and the record that you guys done—that was one that. Oh God, I I love that record. Thank you. Uh, I'm not just saying that because I'm on your show. No, no, no. I'm glad. No, I know you did because I, I heard, I heard many times you were playing it, and I thank you for that. No, I thank you for the music, Lenny. It was fun. Love it. That's Love great. It. I, you know what? Listen, without you guys, there's no way this. That's for all of us. We all need our support. You know, I get your records too, and I like what I'm hearing coming out of you a lot. We'll get to that in a minute about your productions and stuff. You know, we're just chit chatting as far as. You know, people want to understand your day-to-day. -day. You know, what does your day-to-day -day consist of? I know you're talking about, you know, doing the... Right now, for all of us, we're on pause, thanks to COVID, you know, with this pandemic going on. But pre to the pandemic, what you were you were juggling a pretty busy schedule and, you know, weekends and evenings and then doing a day thing. So take us into the world, your world. What's your day like, your day-to-day? I mean, it varies day to day, day to day now or day to pre to that and then post it. Pre to the COVID, what was your day to day like? Right, we'll go with the pre. So pre COVID, so during the day, I work as a freelance digital marketing consultant, and I deal with it, it's a it's the binary opposite to what I do with the music and the production. So it's like for the power electronics industry, that's I I do mar a market for a company. Um, called Netbit. I do work with them and that can consist from everything from social media to documentation. I'm not going to bore the listeners. I can see the figures are going to start dropping out if I go in. Actually, they're going up because they're going to try to figure out how to invest in you. They're okay. trying to grab investment time in you. They want to see how they're going to put this together. Go ahead. <laughs> so I do that during the week and it, it's a good balance as well. And I, you know what? I'm actually grateful for it because it's been so unfortunate for the industry we're in. Lenny, you know, the entertainment industry has been hit so hard with this because we're used to traveling. So before, you know, I could be sitting in a hotel room in Dubai, for example, or America, doing my day job just before a gig. It'd be that kind of thing. But now a lot, everything sort of shifted to content. So people are creating content from in their homes, whether that be like what we're doing right now, like a, a live chat or a live stream, you know, it, it's shifted in that way. And 
I must admit, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. It's a strange thing to do a live. The first time I done a live stream, so recording a set in the home, you're so used to going off the vibe of an audience. That's the sort of feel of the fire. So to go from that to then doing it at home, it was a bit of a shock to the system. It's something that we're getting more and more used to, but initially, you know, I'll, the vibe of the crowd is what keeps me going. That's the thing. So getting used to doing it within the confinements of your home has been something that has been an adjustment period, but it's something I enjoy now. But I, I look forward to the day where I can go back to a club, I can put that record on and just go for it. That's, you know, I miss it. I think we all do, but it's, you know, it's, it's one of these things. So how do you prepare when you're doing, say, Glitterbox live stream or something now? What's your preparation for this? You, you know, you mentioned about that. Well, Preparation is, for your set. Now you're working at home, your cameras. What are you doing? How are you doing all this? Because a lot of people don't know how to do this stuff. You'd be surprised. Well, this is the thing. I've had to learn a hell of a lot, Lenny. I'm not going <laughs> Quick. Quick. <laughs> I, I've actually got a green screen over there. I had to do, um, the other week there, I done a live stream for Quantize. Quantize for spin. And I got a green screen that was a gift from my manager, Fleur, um, from Soul Heaven. She oh, I know Fleur, she's a good lady. She, she she's watching, Fleur, if you're on, hello, Fleur. Thank you, no, she bought me a green screen. She's like, this'll be a cool thing for a live stream. And when I got my hands on this and I figured out how to use the green screen, it was just Star Trek and space galore. But it's, you know, it's the amount of, you know, you have to, when you do the live stream, the way I do it, so I have my phone records the video and then I record the audio straight from my mixer and straight from, so I've got an audio eight box that I use. So I have to sit and I have to get all the background videos and the visuals and I have to do that for an hour and a half. And then it's like sorting out the audio, making sure your levels are okay. When you're out and you're doing a gig, you do the gig, that's it. It's There's done. no production, it's done, you know, you, you, you finish, you're like, okay, I'm going to go to the bar. I'm going to go and see my friends. It's finished. But the post-production, the amount of time that goes into it, it's a lot of time. But you know what? It's a valuable skill. And I'm glad I've learned it. And it's been fun. And anything with green screen and Star Trek and space and whatever, I'm just, I'm all over it. I'm that's awesome. It. No, I know. I mean, because that seems to be the way forward for the time being, that until we're able to party again. Um, yeah. It's just, you know, we're forced to working in our own lair, basically. Yeah. Dr. Evil's lair. So Natasha Kitty Cat's got her own lair. Oh, the thing is, I bet you a lot of people were expecting me to answer this video call from a cave. I bet you they thought I'd be in like a proper lair, like with curtains and ooh, and like no Yeah, scary. Scary, yeah. That, that's part but of it's actually, actually, everyone, let me clarify. I asked you to put the lights on so we can really see everything. Ex these lights were dimmer. There was a bit it was of red. Dimmer? No, it's clear. It's clear as I. I mean, you are so clear. It's crazy clear. I don't it's so it's clear. clear. I, it looks like glass. <laughs> so, Philly, did you go with your dad to, to America and, and the first time to start, you know, looking for things? So this is when you started your career. Did you play over here too, if I remember correctly? Did you get a chance to play in America? What I've played over in Philly. So when, when I was starting out, before I had my first gig, it was actually, 
this was after my 21st birthday. I'm now 29. But my 21st birthday, I remember my mum and dad took me to New York. And I went, and before that, I'd had records. But I was like, you know what? I'd, I'd been to a night in Edinburgh called um, Ladies on Rotation. And I'd seen all these female DJs spinning soul music, like quality soul music, quality house music, disco, the whole lot. And I, I listened and I went, you know what? I love what they're doing. I know this music. I can do that. And I want to do that. And I'd had a bit of a collection. I went to New York and I was in A1 Records at the time. And I just, I kind of went mental and just bought, honestly, the whole, I think, you know, three quarters of the stack was Teddy Pendergrass, I'm not going to lie. And there was just so much stuff and I brought it back and I had my first gig. And then from then on, it was an all vinyl gig was my first gig, it was all records. And from then on, I never looked back. When I started out, I would only play on vinyl. And then I was like, no, I need to adapt because the traveling and the weights and stuff and... I'm not the strongest person in the world. I'm like, I've already got a suitcase with hair strap and makeup and outfits and God knows what, and then that on top of it. But yeah, it was. it's just been one hell of a ride. But yeah, that's how it started in New York. came back. And then I've been over to Philly a few times with my mum and my dad. And the record shops over there, as I previously stated, are just, Rudy Town Beats especially. Oh, I love it. So good. And the guys, the thing is, the de- like when we go in, the guys see me and my dad coming in, right? And they've got a record player. So if any of the guys from Brewery Town are listening in, you know what you do. So they will wait for us to come in and they'll get an awesome like boogie record or disco record and they'll just put it on in the background. They're like, oh, this one. And me and my dad will be like fighting so who can get it first. Like the two of us are like, oh my God, I want it. Or have you got two copies of that, you know? But they, they see us coming and they, they know how to they know how to do their job because the minute we walk in yeah, yeah. we walk out with a stack like that up the road. But yeah, it's it's great. It's great. It's incredible. It's a it's a great thing to be able to share something so wonderful, the gift of music with your dad and mom. Yeah. It's incredible. And then also to be advocates to push you into this DJ thing. It's pretty amazing too. I'm very lucky, you know what, my mum and dad, like the thing is, they're my mum and dad, but they're also like my best friends. We're a very, very close family. And to be able to share the music and do these things together, it's really, it's quite special. When did you feel it was time to step into the recording studio? So that, in terms of- fighting goes from the disco, now she wants to actually go in the lab. into the lab no but what happened with that really so it goes back to DJing and playing records out and listening to records and going to myself you know what imagine the feeling of being out there DJing and playing something you've actually produced yourself and that was my key motivation and in terms of learning I spent years years in the studio watching and observing engineers watching how they done stuff and then I I went into education with it. I learned, I went on an advanced course, how to do production. And from there, it, I mean, it's a constant learning curve. I'm, I'm still learning, I'll always be learning. But it's one of these things that I've found to love just as much as the DJ and, you know, creating something and putting it out there and actually DJing and then putting on something to a dance for that you've actually, it's your creative 
output and you're actually getting to play that to a crowd, that, that's a special thing. It's a, it's a totally, it adds another layer to it. And I, I find it really special. It's something I love doing. I love it. I'm a creative person and getting, you know, I love music and being able to do that. It's been a, it's something I've had to learn. It's not something you learn overnight and, you know, it's a constant learning process, but my God, I'm so glad I did learn the production side of it. So when you're out with your cape and fighting crime, <laughs> what's, your, <laughs> what's your door of, gee, exactly, where are those glasses? My, my pointy glasses. Yeah. through there. Go Do I need to get Shall I go grab, I'll go grab them. Grab them, Let, go ahead, go I'll grab them. I'll go grab the pointed glasses. I want everybody to see this. <laughs> see, this is where everybody can see what I'm talking about. Now you see that she looks like Clark Kent during the day. And when she comes out at night, you're going to see what I mean. And tell me if you can recognize that this is the same person. The woman that steps behind the decks. It's pretty cool. I actually see some really good people stepping up. And I'm glad you're all spending your time on Wednesday, Lenny's Day, True House Stories. And this week we have Natasha Kitty Cat. And I'm gonna ask her some more questions when she comes back. But notice how she has, if you notice, she has a rotary mixer with an isolator. We're gonna make her, I'm gonna make her put that on later and, and, and show you how she DJ. Whoa, there she is, look, it's everybody. There she is, the crime fighter. Look. Ready to fight crime. Catwoman 2.0. <laughs> yeah, these are the, the glasses. The famous glasses. Who are the maker of the glasses? To be honest, I'm not going to lie to you. It's not an expensive <laughs> glasses. Are just... but that's not, it's not about expensive. It's just about, it's it's just about crafty. I actually picked these up on a stand in London. I was down in Camden years and years and years ago. And I seen them and I was like, they are me. The point, just the points. Red, favorite color, as you can see with the mixer as well. I love it. I love red. Red means hot. But that's them. Yeah, no, we see hot them good. <laughs> They're not any fancy make, but you know what? So see where William Shatner is? Put them right up on the tannoy. Put them right up there. With Bill Shatner, go, uh, yeah. There's Bill Shatner, everyone. William Shatner, Captain Kirk. That's another one of her loves. She's a big Trekkie. She's a Trek nut. <laughs> Jim, I just can't give you that power you need, Jim. <laughs> I love Scotty. And I've got the accent for it as well. <laughs> love it. Um, so where were we? And we, I was just telling all the fans and people viewing us, she's got a red rotary mixer. Well, I'll have you touch it later and you can step behind there. I'll make you put a record and show everybody how you work the isolator. She gets extra power from the isolator. <laughs> so production, I've gotten some of the records. They're really good. Not everything I'm going to like. But that's the same with me. I put a lot of stuff, you're not gonna like everything. And if you sat there and said to me you did, I'm gonna say you're a liar. Because even with our best heroes, we don't like everything they do, but we do like certain records. Oh, so true. what is your 
your production door of choice when you're behind your laptop or what what's your setup what you're normally working on so i use ableton for production i have a midi keyboard and um, i use a lot of vsts and you know and to be honest and i've said this previously when i go to make a record i don't think right i'm going to make a house record or a disco record I will just go and it's whatever I'm feeling at the time or whatever I'm thinking about that creativity will just pour out into it I don't have a set formula to what I do and maybe that's why maybe you know if you listen to two things I've done nothing really sounds the same which can be a blessing and a curse because I wouldn't say as such I have a signature sound as yet because a lot of what I do is different and it, it goes to how I'm feeling and where I'm at and that creativity is expressed in the music I make and it's not always going to you know be the same I don't go right today it's going to be this type of record I'll just go and jam about and I'll be like oh yeah okay I'm feeling this oh no I'm not feeling that you know and on to the next one it's that kind of thing you know how I'm feeling and what's going on around me has a direct impact to what I create. That's, you know, that's... that's somebody's like, asking me, you know, somebody's, a couple people asking me, I keep talking about your dad. They're wondering if you, David Mancuso is your father from the loft or something. They keep saying, <laughs> who is this? Is her father famous? Because they're wondering, you know, they hear about me talking about the records and the shopping and him jet setting and they're saying, is it somebody real famous? Like Froggy, DJ Froggy? It's like, so... Can you please introduce your dad? Because people are asking me, who is her father? They want to know the name of your dad. Dennis Probert. And you know what? He's a name that, and I'm not just saying this because I'm his daughter. Dennis Probert. Go ahead. Dennis Probert. And honest to God, the guy, the, he's taught me everything I know with this. And in terms of record collection, it's just unbelievable. He's got good taste. I won't lie. He taught his daughter very good. He, he I'll good. take that. I'll take the bones. That. Gave her good bones to work with. It's not like he said, you know, not like he said, go. Bobby's agreed with you, Lenny. He gave her the right, the right stuff. He gave her all the right tools. Yeah, absolutely. To go forward with. Yeah, no, the thing is, my dad, it's funny, you know, like even this year for his birthday, me and my sister. You know, she's not into the music. I am, but she, the two of us, and she was like, oh, what can we get dad um, for his birthday? And I was like, oh, there's this record, One Monkey Don't Stop, No Show. And it's a rare record. It's, uh, is it Jesse Rogers? I'm sure it's Jesse Rogers that sings it. And it's this rare record. And I'm, I spoke to his friends in Philly that they run um, Universal Cave and they've got, a record store as well so they've got a label and they've got a, a record store that they run and I says listen guys you know my dad's birthday's coming up have you got anything he'd really you know something that's his vibe he'd really like and they said well what about this and the minute I heard it I'm like oh my god yes and from the minute my mum and dad were in Cyprus they've only just recently been able to come home we were all separated for six months they've only just got home last week actually oh wow yeah, we've all been separated, which has been a tough time because we're a close family. And the minute my dad, I got the guys in Philly to send the record here. And from the minute the record, like he came back and he got the record, he was like, 
this is the perfect birthday present like it was one of these rare records but my dad I mean he started out on the modern soul scene so like we're talking rare 70s soul and a bit of northern soul as well at the start 70s soul boogie that sort of thing and that's what I've been brought up on and you know it's something that we're all as a family you know we love and we share and yeah, the, my dad's absolutely incredible. He's my biggest inspiration. He's the reason for everything I do right now. And he always will be. So That's incredible. Yeah. He's, see, that's, that's, that's the thing, you know, I mean, you know, I'm talking about your dad. So, you know, everyone has a place. Everybody has a place of where they start. Yeah. You know, in your house, it was started with you even being a little, little wee wee, like small child. And this was already going down. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, born, like when they say born into something, you came oh, born into something. I mean, when my dad was younger, he used, you know, he loved soul music. He used to DJ, you know, and when I was little, it'd be record after record. And when I think of my childhood, I think of seven, like modern soul 70s soul. So like Sam D's and Beloyed Get Into Your Life, that sort of thing. It's like these beautiful records and I'm like oh my god still now even when I hear them I'm like it just takes me back to that place always have a special place in my heart it's just beautiful music and I can remember when I was younger be it this is now this is a true story since we're on true stories here I'll true give you a true house story. stories is a true yeah. one everyone. no lies it's coming no a true story here. no you can put a lie detector on this is the truth so I remember when I was in primary school and it was like, you know, over here, uh, I'm sure it's the same in the States. We, you know, this is, so primary school is like when you're really young. I'm talking, I was about seven, eight years old. And I was at a school dance and I was sitting and I, my arms were folded and I was in a bad mood. And the teacher, like the supply teacher came over to me and was like, Natasha, what, you know, what's wrong with you? I don't like this music. I like soul music. I want to hear Jan Jones' Independent Woman, which is one of my favorite tracks, which is like a 70s soul track. It's just, and the teacher was like, I remember they said to my mom and dad, and my dad was like, I'm proud she said that she only like soul music. So yeah, I've been brainwashed, but it's, it's good. It's good, I'm, I'm pleased. All good music, but yeah. Well, it doesn't come better than that. You know I mean? Like I said, you got a good taste and the taste has been hand fed to yeah. you without even you realizing you had no chance you know you had no chance of even escaping this this was like too much around you yeah no the thing is as well so i have a younger sister so her her music taste is different but there's times even when my dad will play certain songs that he would play when we were younger and she'll even go Oh, I remember that. And I see like a little glint in her eye, even though it's not the music she likes. I'm like, you remember that. So it's, it's good. Something we share as a family, you know, that's good. What's the dreams for you at this stage of your life? Like, what's your dream, you know, as far as this music journey? What are you thinking? Like, what do you want to try to, to be able to say, hey, I did this and I, you know, I, I was, you know, I got a Grammy or whatever, you know, for some people it's winning a Grammy, for some people it's to be just well-known, you know, what is that dream of yours now that you're in this? My, to be honest, where I am even at this hopefully early stage in my career is more than I could have ever dreamed of. So 
I'm just grateful for any other thing that happens in my future. You know, I always say, if you're enjoying what you're doing, people are enjoying what you're doing as well. And you, you know, it's, you're being true to yourself with your creative output and just enjoying and meeting new people across the globe. I already feel, you know, I've done more than I thought I ever would. I always strive for the top and I want to keep going with what I'm doing. But if the journey continues as it is, my God, I'm more than happy. That's the way I see it. I've just, I've been very fortunate in what I've got to experience and long may it continue. And if it continues how it is, I, I'm, I mean, I'm absolutely delighted. Even with what has been done within the period of time that I have been DJing, I never thought it would have, you know, went to where it is even now. And it's not as if I'm a huge name. Uh, by no means am I. But what I have done compared to what I thought I would have done when I set out is more than I could have ever expected. So in many ways, I feel like I've done what I've set out to do, but I want to continue on the road I'm on. If that makes sense. Sure, sure. You, you, you're, in, you're in it to win it now. So, but here's a question that, you know, I'm thinking about. Like, maybe okay. some others are thinking about. Here we go. It's going to be serious. That's a serious question. Okay. Being one of, of, of women, and I say women opposed to a man's business, quotations, dance music industry is a very, very man-heavy thing. There's a lot mm -hmm. of guys in it. How does a woman survive and compete on that level for, you know, through your eyes? What are you thinking? What do you do? You know what I've always done? And this is what I do with any aspect of my life. I, when I went into this industry, I don't see gender. I see music. And music is my sole focus and it always will be. I don't think, oh, I'm a woman in a male-dominated industry. I just go, you know what? I love music, and if that's what I love, I'm going to do it. And that is the way I have always operated, whether it be music or any other aspect of my life. Even, you know, previous job roles I've been in, I've worked for, like, manufacturing companies that have been basically, like, boys' clubs. But I'm like, you know what? I'm going in there because that's what, you know, at the time I was going to do. It's not what I wanted to do at the time, but, I, you know, I had to. And... You know, if you have a dream, if there's something that you want to do, I would never, ever let gender be a barrier if that is something, you know, and I've never seen it in those terms. I'm like, I love music. This is what I do. My only competition is myself. I'm not, you know, there's no point comparing yourself to male DJ or anyone else. Just focus on yourself and just go forward. And that's always the way that I've, Cope with it and you know I've been fortunate enough to be born in a household where you know it's not been like oh a man's at the top and a woman's here my family has always been equal and balanced so I you know I, maybe that's why I have the mindset that I do I'm like you know what I don't look at gender with these things I'm like right well I love music this is what I do I'm gonna do it and that's just the way I've always I've always operated good well you know what if you were to tell another woman came to you and said, listen, Natasha, I want to be just like you. I want to, I want to be a success. You know, what do I, where do I start? You know, I know how to DJ. But what, what, what does it take? What do I got to do? You know, that's, that's how people see us. You know, they want to see, they want a piece of the action. So what do you tell somebody? What do you do in that case? 
where you say, the first thing I would say is learn your craft, own your craft, and don't let gender or other, don't let other people hinder you. Go on your own journey. Don't compare yourself to other people. There's no point in doing that. This is your journey. Learn your craft, go for it, and do not feel, because it's a male-dominated industry, don't let that hold you back. If you want to do something, go and do it. I can remember, and this is the word of a lie, being at primary school, and I was always a bit of a tomboy. I've always liked geeky stuff. And I remember even in primary school, I had a skateboard. Right, I used to love skateboarding when I was little. And I remember one of the boys in my classes, you can't skateboard, that's a boy's thing, you're a girl. And I was like, well, no, I want to do that, so I'm going to do it. So I've always kind of had that in me, but I know a lot of people, it can be an overwhelming thing. But you know what, if you want to do something, go and do it. Just do it. Don't worry about other people. That's what, that's how I live my life now. You Frank, know? Digilance. <laughs> I wish I had. I mean, <laughs> that's what makes a crime fighter. Now let's make something very funny for everybody. Lately, we've been watching Black Lives Matters. We've been seeing everybody protesting around the world, which is a very serious moment right now. Women's lib. Women have stepped forward and said, I've had enough. But here's a funny one. I've been watching famous DJs' names like Black Madonna. Black Madonna, this white chick that plays at these big festivals. Well, I'm going to say it is crashing trucks and cars in her set. I don't get it. God bless her. I'm not going to say it in a bad way. I've heard her play, and I just sometimes I don't understand it. And I've seen other people write real vile stuff about it. Mm. Two, two parts to the question. Okay. Should Black Madonna change her name because of what's going on, Black Lives Matter, and using black names? And should she learn how to learn the craft? Well, I would say to that, I think, and this, I, you know what, well, I get this from my mother. I speak very candidly. I'll, I'll always speak what I think. In terms of name choice, I always think, you know, her name choice in general would never have been one I would have went to in the first place. But she's changed it now and give her her due, she's changed it. In terms of her with her craft, I've never heard her. So <laughs> you don't want to hear her. <laughs> oh, Lenny, me, yeah, I think it's you that's got the closet. No, no, I, I mean, no, stop let, listen, I said this every time. If you get paid, then somebody likes it, more power to you. I'm not here to stop that. <laughs> comment in terms of technical ability or song selection because she's not someone I've physically heard play I've heard the name but in terms of the name I think it's a great thing that she's changed it it was a bad what did she change it to it's the blessed Madonna now oh now it's the blessed Madonna yeah, I didn't know she changed it oh wow okay yeah it's changed um even but, even poor D even Dave Lee with his Joey Negro name he's he's yeah. had to come and defend why he has his name and i'm only bringing this up because this is a uk guy you know who i know a long time as well yeah. and he's been questioned on his name yeah dave's a lovely man you know it's just been one of these things it's 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 such a difficult time there's so much you know it's, it's been a horrific time for the black community there's been so much going on and i can you know, especially with the George Floyd thing. It's been absolutely horrendous. It's actually been bone chilling. 
and you know I can see why creatively people would go you know what it's time to think about the bigger picture here something that was maybe maybe intend well would have been intended as an innocent name in these times when people you know when people are struggling and they're trying to fight for equality it's time to actually look at the bigger picture and go you know what out of respect for others I'm going to change what I'm doing and show that I stand with them because as they say silence is violence you know you gotta you have to you know, if you believe in something, you've got to back it up and speak for it, especially if you're playing music from black artists. We need to support that community. Without that community, we wouldn't be doing what we do. We wouldn't have the music we love. They are the foundation. They Dance music as it is today would not exist without the black community. Well, there's some black artists that wrote that recently and said, you know, we feel like we're being pushed out. And really, the dance music that we all love and what it began is actually from the African rhythms. Do you agree with Absolutely. that? Absolutely. Absolutely is from the African-American, you know, the African community. It's, that's where it stems from, the music we love. I mean, everything I love, my disco, my underground disco, my 70s soul music. I mean, you know, that, that is where it stems from. And you have to honor the people and respect and show that you stand you know, because it's been, it's been such a horrible year and I've had, you know, I've, I've seen friends that how it's impacted them and how, you know, across the globe and even in Philadelphia, the devastation, like my mum and dad have an apartment there that they rent and seen the devastation and just the impact, but people have to fight for what they believe in. And, you know, it, it's the thing that makes me upset, Lenny, is the fact that, you know, why can't, I just don't understand why it goes back to anything. I'm like, why is racism even a thing? Why does it exist now? Why sh it should not exist now? You know, it's something. I well, here's the thing. It was always there. It was always there. It was just quietly kept hidden. That's now that the administration won in 2016 America, not that he's racist. He has just brought it out. He's created yeah. divisions in, in many people. Absolutely. And that's what you're seeing. A division, you know, he, he didn't create racism. Racism has been there for hundreds of years. That's it. Especially if we talk about music as well. If you think back to like the 1960s, you had the Chitlin circuit, and that's a horrible thing to think about that even existed. That if you were an African American artist, you could only play at certain venues. Do you know what I mean? And it, it it's such. It, honestly, it pains me to think about. It. It's just so awful. You know, it's, I just wish it wasn't even something that existed. It's the same with homophobia. I wish it was something that didn't exist. I wish sure, sure. horrible, horrible mentalities were eradicated because to me, it's totally, it's just, I can't even comprehend it, Lenny. Like I, I can't, I can't understand why someone would think that way negatively towards others. I, I just don't get it. I don't get it. An think. Irish newspaper wrote something interesting and said, we pity America. The first time in 200 years that Americans and the Americas have, the United States has been, Europe and the UK is pitying us. What's your view on the news coming over as far as our virus situation and the deaths and everything? What, how do you see it from your viewpoint? To be honest, I don't think... I don't think the UK is particularly in a position to talk about it. 
because I think everything in terms, you know, we've never been hit with something like this before. Well, within my lifetime, certainly. It's, it's <laughs> I don't think anybody's been hit with it. We're going to go back to the plague and whatever, not within my lifetime. But the way it's been dealt with, I think everybody's learning, trying to find out. I mean, it's it's one of these things. I'm not going to, I'll be honest, I, you know, I'm, I'm going to be totally honest. I'm not a Trump fan, but I'm not a Johnson fan. I don't like either of them. I don't like either of them. Okay. And politics, it can be, it can be a tough one. And I think, you know, you know, hindsight's a useful thing. Well, it can be, but I think, you know, maybe if we dealt with things quicker, you know, it's just, I think a lot of people don't take it seriously. Do you think Clubland will ever come back to where it was? Not until there's a vaccination. Until there is a genuine vaccination that is going to eradicate this horrendous virus that's affected us all. It's, it's just, I cannot see it happening. Because to me, being in a club, socially distanced, like just like people sitting at a table, it's not the same experience. So let's make, let's, so let's pretend right now. Here we go. So we're in a nightclub. Natasha's DJing and I'm sitting down and I'm told I can't move until the lights come on. How does that work for you? So you're playing to me and we're all going like this in our chairs. <laughs> Let's pretend. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah, great song. Great song. I mean, how does that work for you as a DJ? How do you feel looking at your crowd? Everybody's sitting down like you're actually playing more at the an auditorium setting than actually playing in a nightclub or or a open field. How's that feel? What's that thought going to be like? It's not the same. That's not fair. Come on now. It's got to be. You no. Know, well, the way you're I an entertainer. Say, you got to entertain us, girl. Come on okay. now. Uh, uh, what I would say is normally when you're in a club DJing, you want to be on that floor dancing with all your friends. The lights come on. You don't want to be sitting at a table banging elbows while sitting down at a, a table till the lights come on. You want to be in there on the floor enjoying yourself. And I just, you know what, it's funny the things we take for granted almost, because the idea now of being at a nightclub and being able to play and not that I ever took it for granted, I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is to go back to that, it would just be such a special thing. And you know, even going back to a basic level, being able to hug your friends in the street and have that closeness. It's just, what's going on has had to separate us all. It's kept us all, you know, it's, it's been really, really intense. And I, I miss playing in a club and I miss myself when I go to a club, dance until the lights come on with my friends, not sitting at a table with a little juice like this. <laughs> you know? I want the arms flailing. I want yeah, to get, you want to put some music know? on, you want to scream. You want to have what you do, yeah. You want to have your, which would they say, get your, get your dance on, get that feeling. Absolutely, with the red shades as well. <laughs> put the red shades on. So if you put the red shades on, so everybody look at this. If she's got the red shades on, is she now entertaining you? Can you handle sitting at, at a bench, and she's gonna play you one of her biggest records in her set, which would be. One of the biggest records in my set. I love what would you think would be your biggest record? You'll say, oh, oh, one of them, one of many. 
one of my favourite records to play. They were taking it back. Marlena Shaw, Touch Me in the Morning, is one of my big records. There you go, Marlena Shaw. Listen to this young kitty cat. Rocky with Marlena Shaw. Marlena Shaw, Touch Me in the Morning, is one of my absolute favourite records. Or Queen Yana, Ain't It Time. Or, let me think, let me think. Rina, Dance It Off. That's three of my big three that are taking it back. You know what's scary, kitty cat? This is scary. You go out and people look at you like they're afraid. They're like, they're like, get away from me. Don't get close to me. You know, when you walk in a club, the first thing you did, and this happened to me every time, people come up to me, want to hug me. They want to kiss me on my cheek just to say hello. Everybody wants to just greet you. What's that like now? You the fear, like someone you see, you stop, right? The normal things we did, we stopped dead cold. Tell me, tell me that's not like you're like, get away. I don't know. What Over here, what it's like, you walk down to the shops, you go anywhere. There's people like even if you know here we've got like some of the bars are open, you can go in and get a table. People will literally turn like that to you the minute you walk in. Or if you're on the road, people, it's like everybody's scared of each other. It's not just my appearance. Everybody is literally moving away from each other, you know? And it's, it's I, I find it very sad. I think it's a sad time. But I'm, you know, until we find a solution to what's going on, this is the new normal. Do you believe we're going to actually have a vaccination wholeheartedly in your, in your gut feeling? Yeah, we will get one. Yeah, and it, that will work. I hope so. The results will speak for themselves. Not saying hope. Do you believe that we can get it? Is it going to happen? I believe we can. Well, I'd like, right. I'd like to think I believe we could get it. I'm optimistic. I'm optimistic, but I'm also a realist. So I'm somewhere in the middle. I hope that we can get it, whether we actually will. Uh, I'm 50 50. That's as good as saying maybe and maybe not. I mean, it's like, you gotta- But that's where I'm at. What the hell are we lending towards? Wait a minute, are we lending to, you're playing, you're playing Switzerland. That's a neutral answer. That's unacceptable. We need a real answer. Do you wholeheartedly feel, and I mean wholeheartedly meaning- That gut instinct. I don't know. I don't have my crystal ball in front of me, so I can't answer, but time frame, I don't know. Because apparently Trump keeps saying this thing's going to go away. I don't know where the hell it's going, but it ain't going away anytime soon. I don't trust a word that comes out of that. (laughs) (laughs) No, I swear, I laugh every time here. I go, it's going away. And I look at the numbers, and the numbers are going like this. Up and up and up and up. And I'm going, I don't know what the hell. What what planet is this man on? Is he on Earth or Mars? Oh, he's somewhere totally different to the rest that he's somewhere that's not even comprehensible i don't think even mars would let him in <laughs> you can't colonize here eh, eh, no literally i wouldn't believe a thing that man says when you go out on dj gigs do you have someone accompanying you as like a security person someone that handles your like roadie is that somebody you trust is there always somebody that you have with you all the time no see i would love that I'd love a wee bodyguard or a wee roadie. That'd be cool. I'm not quite there yet. But occasionally when I go different places, I'll have maybe one of my best friends or 
one of my friends will be oh you know what I'm gonna get a flight out with you and um, one of my really good friends I believe he's actually met you Lenny James Potter one of my friends in Leeds who actually bought me these Star Trek things as a gift James um, Potter I mentioned that he got you yeah 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 he mentioned, I got oh, the Bill yeah. Shatner and uh and Leonard Nimoy dolls for her yeah yeah that was James James, wherever you are, mate, she's giving you a hand. She's giving you a big shot there, mate. Big time. He um, came with me to Philadelphia. I was actually, I was in New York, then I was in Philly, then I was doing a gig in D.C., and he came out with me. He flew out over, and we made it like a holiday, and oh, my God, we had an amazing time. Stop. Disco in D.C. If my D.C. friends are listening, the disco in D.C. is strong. Where'd you play in DC? Who'd you play for? It was, oh God, let me think. The name of the venue, it was Disco Inferno, but the name, no, it was District Inferno. I apologize. It was District Inferno. And the name of the venue, it was this cool little club. I cannot, the name slips me. I had too much of a good time. I can't remember the name of the place. But, because they change the venue every time. It's not a set venue, so they mix it up. But, oh, that was fab. But we went over to D.C. and that was my first time. Got to see, you know, the Washington Monument, the Lincoln Memorial. It was... Oh, what is that, what's that like for you? What's that like for you being a U.K. resident and citizen to see Washington and its glory? What's that like? Incredible. I mean, I must admit, and this goes back to my Star Trek fascination. So... We'll this, touch that in a minute, everybody, the Trekkie thing. We'll, we'll get to that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Let's talk okay. about Washington right now. This one in politics. So she's in D.C. She went to go DJ some disco. It's all interlinked, all this combo. It's all flowing in a good direction. But, no, there's the, there's the Space Museum in Washington. And they literally, within this museum, I have to say this, they have the original that was used in the series, Starship Enterprise, the model that was used. And they only would show it from the one side. So if you notice all the original episodes that's going along, it's only from the one side. The other side is all cables and wires unfinished. So they would only show you the one side, but I got to see the actual model and I took- Take about, pictures? Yeah, I took about 50 photos of that. Trust me, that was, for me, that was a absolute Kodak moment. I was like, James, James, get the photos, get the photos. I need this, I need this, but yeah. It was amazing. DC was fab. Yeah, DC is a cool town. I loved it. Star Trek have a time machine. They want to know. People want to know. Does is there some sort of time machine thing, machine that we can get in and go back to into the seventies? Because people are tired of this twenty twenty thing. It ain't working for them. If there was, I think I'd be first in queue. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I've missed the prime time of music. You know, I tried to bring it into today but oh my god if i had that opportunity i'd be, I'd be in the well, yeah, okay so if you had that opportunity to jump in that time machine what year would you go back to mm. first stop here we go stop maybe mid 70s i wouldn't want to go too later on in the 70s because it, you know when we think of the disco sucks that i don't want to get to that point but i do a lot of the music I love comes from like 78, 79, but I'd go to 75 just to give me a few years to enjoy and ride that wave before the whole disco sucks thing came out. Which 75, is 76. 
We'll bypass that. Free man. That's when that time. Oh, seven yeah. Five, all those yeah. Peace pipe. BT Express. All those hot records. The Tramps just came out with their first album. Zing to the strings of my heart. Wow, you got some good timing, girl. Good timing. <laughs> I want to be the front of the time machine. I'm ready to go back. <laughs> Options there, I want to be front of the line. Now, when we were off camera, I was asking her about Wrath of Khan. Does she remember what year Mr. Spock died? Allegedly died, but didn't actually die because he made a reappearance in the search for Spock in many movies other than that. But... <laughs> I remember, I had forgotten the year, but you said 1984. It was a cool year. 84 was also another cool year. I missed it. I'm so gutted. I was born in the wrong time. (laughs) (laughs) I was. Everyone's like, what the hell? I'm like, no, I was just born in the wrong time. In the wrong era. In the wrong era. You had to kind of go back to the era that we were all coming from. I was always lucky. I got to see... The end of the, I got to live through the 70s. I got to live through the 80s. I got to live through the 90s. I got to live through, I got to experience all that. So I understand. I mean, I wish sometimes I was a little older to, to be able to work in that time of that, when those guys were playing. But you know what? I'm lucky to do what I did and when it happened for me. Absolutely. Star Trek, who turned you on to that, girl? Star Trek. <laughs> This is just me and my weird fascination with space. I love, love sci-fi. I absolutely, you know, sci-fi for me is one of my biggest inspirations in a different way. And like, I love Philip K. Dick who wrote um, Two Androids Dream of Electric Sheep, which is more widely known as Blade Runner. Although that's not one of my favorite books. You've got Ubik, the Stigmata, the Three Stigmata of Palmer Eldritch. You've got the penultimate truth, all these sci-fi novels, vintage sci-fi, horrific B-movies that, you know, everyone thought were terrible and draw inspiration from all that. Think Ed Wood, you know, Vampira as well. You know, all this, it all inspires me. You know, it's, you know, I, I love it all. And I love vampires and everything. I'm a bit of a mix of disco vampires and sci-fi and cats and God knows what else, but yeah. Draw inspiration from different things. I've spoken to other women DJs over the years. One of the biggest problems with women DJs is, is them carrying a relationship with a, with, with someone. <laughs> I'm going to say male and woman. No comment, Lenny. No comment. It could be. It doesn't have to be. Doesn't have to be the gender. It's yeah. the. It's the. It's the lifestyle that you're in. Yes, it's tough. What's that like for you to deal with if you are with someone? I mean, I don't know your personal life, but people have, I know this from others that, you know, there's hardships that come with being on Oh, yeah. uh, absolutely, undoubtedly. It's difficult. Um, I suppose if you're someone that's traveling on the road and you're trying to be in sync with somebody that's maybe got, you know, high pressure job over here and you're trying to see each other it can be difficult and I you know I have been in long-term relationships where that has been the case and I'm not going to say it's easy because my god it's not I think it's just about although I'm yet to find that a balance you know somebody that 
accepts that that's what you do. It's not, it's never easy. These things aren't easy. You know, people have different lifestyles. I think it's just about finding a balance and finding two people that have an understanding for each other. You know, for me, my relationship now is with myself, learning to love myself and learning to make peace with myself and just do what I need to do and just go out there. And if someone nice comes up along the way, then that's an added bonus. But right now, my focus would be on learning to, you know, love myself and appreciate myself because these are things that I've struggled with over the years. You know, self-esteem, you know, I was badly bullied as a child, which is probably not a shock with all my Star Trek stuff. But, you know, I've, I've been on that side of it. So it's a case of, you know, start back to the basic thing. You're not going to meet someone you connect with until you can appreciate who you are as a person. So if you learn to take care of yourself, self-care is key. When you learn to take care of yourself, things will fall into place. And, you know, I'm just happy, happy to be here, really, and just continue the journey. Journey is not going to stop. <laughs> deep, deep answer, but that's the truth. No, it's a good one. It's a good answer because you, let me tell you something. I get asked all the time. I've been married a long time, and you have to have a good relationship to weather out some of this stuff that we deal with and things we've seen. And yeah. you know, this is you know recently in the papers and in the news here on. There's a famous DJ that you know is in a little bit of trouble. Yeah, I know exactly. I'm not going to say his name. I've been on tour with him. I've worked with him. Uh, he's, he was at the same record labels I've worked at as well. And, you know, he's a pretty big, prominent name. I mean, how is that being viewed in the UK? You know, this is that, again, women's lib now. There's a whole thing. Women are tired of being, you know, abused and sexually, you know, be looked at as a, uh, I don't want to say sex symbol, but women are getting tired of this. You know, they want to be, you know, treated with respect. Well, how do you view this? I know you must have been shocked because I was when I saw the news come over. No, yeah. You know, the thing is, there was an element of shock, but to be honest, there's so much stuff that's coming into light now that before would have maybe been covered up or brushed under the carpet and now all that stuff's been brought to the forefront. Um, in terms of how women are treated in the workplace, you know, it's if you actually even look back to films, for example, in the 1980s, women in the workplace you can even feel that sort of there's things that you look at now you go oh my god that's inappropriate but we're moving forward people are moving forward we're trying to empower ourselves you know and the way I always say to empower yourself as a woman is just to see yourself equal to a man don't see yourself as you know do what you want to do be who you want to be and don't let your gender hinder you just see it you know just go for it that's that's the way I see it, but times are changing. Things are moving forward. If you look at how things were, even though I wasn't born in this period, even back to, you know, the 80s, it, it, there's some, you see, I'm trying to think, what's is it working girl? You see some of the stereotypes in an office and the way women were treated and stuff. And you look at it, you think, my God, that's, it's wrong. But things are moving forward, you know, because women have been sexualized for a very long time. And even and representations in media it's been a, a constant thing not you know men haven't been represented in that same way as women have and that that's just a fact of the matter but things are changing people are more conscious of what's going on and it's just about you know in these times just feel strong in yourself it goes back to just 
be content in yourself and just if you want to do something keep going forward it's the main thing yeah that's pretty much it i mean we we wish the best for this person that is now waiting for a trial but you know what there's going to be some things that have to be in. So whatever it is, the truth will prevail. Oh, I, be I believe that is always the truth. The truth shall come through and set you either free or put you away. That's yeah. right. That's How many asked me, have you ever been, have you, have you were, when you were in New York, did you visit where Studio 54 was? I did. With as well on that same trip, James Patton, my friend that got me my beautiful Star Trek with two figures. We went to uh, where Studio 54 was and we were fortunate enough. There was something on at the time. One of the guys let us in the door and we got to see inside. And I was just, I tried to think back in my mind, God, imagine being back in that time, the decadence and the whole shebang. I, I would have loved it. <laughs> I would have loved it. I would have loved to have gone to Studio 54. You can comment on that. You would know. <laughs> But I don't think you would have loved the music because it was very commercial, the music for that, for that type of crowd, more on the wider side of the, of the music sound. One thing I would have loved, I know that the first, now you can correct me if I'm wrong, but the first ever track played at Studio 54 was Richie Kayser, Devil's Gun. As far as I'm, as far as I've researched, maybe I'm wrong, and if anybody knows the correct answer, and I'm I wrong. I wasn't there, so I don't know what Richie played. <laughs> this is just Devil's Gun, CJ. I was at a club called Pillows and Sheets, everyone. That was at my mom's house on the second floor going to bed. What clubbing was I going to at that age? Come on now. But my uncle and them were going, they went out to studio and he went to Odyssey 2001. So I, I was hearing the music they were buying. They were buying the records. Like Cathedrals was a big record I used to hear all the time in New York, DC LaRue. Yeah, love that. So it's very possible that Richie played Devil's Gun. It would have been cool because he, it's a long version and he probably would have played it and then ran on the dance floor to listen to the sound system because Richie played another club called Hollywood. So he was a very, you know, very tech. Nicky Siano told me many times that Richie Kazo was very technical, yeah. very technical. He mixed flawlessly through the night. You know, even when I heard the tapes where he had those nights where the was like New Year's Eve, and you can hear him flubbing. When you look at the pictures, you got you go. I understand why he had Diana Ross, thousands of people in the booth, and you and that's nothing. How do you handle that? Richie Kazar studio, everyone wants to be in the DJ booth because everybody knows that's the center of the attraction of the world, the DJ booth. Center of the universe. Right. It's your, in your world, it's the con. So you have the con. <laughs> do you allow a lot of people in your con? What do you do? What do you do when you're, when you're out playing and you get into the booth? Do you clear out the booth? Or you keep let everybody stay with you and hang out. And like good, if folk are bringing good vibes, they can hang out. If people are acting like drunken flats, excuse my French. Okay. <laughs> out the booth. But if you know what? If you just enjoyed yourself having a good time, you can come in the booth. As long as you're respectful, don't put your hands on the equipment. Then we're cool. You can join more than welcome. As Has anybody get... ever said to you, like I asked Michael Gray the same question, and I've had this many times over the years, 
someone, you got the place rocking. Let me set it up for everybody. She's got a thousand people screaming. She's playing Devil's Gun, let's just say. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And the place is going nuts, hands in the air. And someone comes in and says, Excuse me, hello, you got anything good tonight to play? What do you do with that? If you don't like this dialogue, there's hundreds of other clubs in the town that you can go to. Happened to you, hasn't it? It has happened. Which part are you not seeing? The place is on fire. Everyone's if you, if if it goes to ten, it's on twenty. You know, I mean, literally the energy level. It's out of control. And the person's got to come and ask you, love, do you have anything good to play? You know, I just love that there's plenty of options. And it goes back to the saying, you cannot please everyone. God bless you. you God love you. May you live a long life, love. May you live a long life. (laughs) It's true, though. You just say, look, there's other options for you. There's other places to go. This is not to your taste. Why don't, you know, you... Go on Google Maps and find somewhere that's playing. What's music. your yes? What is your Klingon? What is your Klingon music like? The music you go, oh God, no! Klingon style music. You have Klingon, to finish. Good or bad? I quite, see. I love Warp. If we're going to the next gen, I think Warp, the Warrior. I think he, I think he's got something about him. Warp. <laughs> but Klingon. When you say Klingon music, are you meaning like? Ah, what would make me be like? Yeah, ah, ah like oh god, no! Let's just stop. Ah, stop. Ah. Oh, so Klingon in a bad way? Okay. In a bad way, and they, oh, because in the old the old episodes, the Klingons were bad. Later in the second generation of Star Trek, they became partners and worked together. No, yeah. it's Generation One, the original ones, where where they had the guy come in with the lights. Where, yes, <laughs> question: Do you feel okay? Ooh, ooh. <laughs> You know where the gold is. Uh, you know, like that the old generation with the three lights, the guy answering. Go ahead. Oh, for me it would be popular music now. Oh my god, no. Like oh do not like. Do not like. I could not even tell you half the names of these people. Like, oh God, when the radio comes on in the car, I have to Oh, you about commercial pop music. Oh, okay. Oh god, no, 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 no. That, if you're going to say to me, what do I, uh, uh, no, no, just, not for me. You've been watching Netflix a lot? Yes, I have. Have you watched any documentaries that you can share with us from music that maybe inspired you? Did you watch, because I know you have plenty of time on your hands lately. The thing is with Netflix, like, one of my other loves is true crime. So... I've not, in terms of music documentaries, I think there was a few good ones on there. I've just not. Okay. So you need to learn something, girl. Here we go. Get your pen and paper out. Go watch Teddy Pendergrass story. That's old. I've watched it. That's through HBO. I'm sorry. That was through Humbox. So I think Netflix plays it. But the Quincy Jones story is the bomb. See, I have that on my list. I've just been so The annoyed. Quincy Jones story is absolutely incredible. And to take you from another part that came through, I saw, which I love, Frank Sinatra. The Sinatra oh, story, yeah. too. Just to watch how that era 
made music and all the politics. Absolutely. All the external factors and how it influenced the music. And, oh, God. See, I love music documentaries. I just think during this lockdown... And Chicago, the band. And they even talk about how they did Street Player. Wow. And Street Player is one of my favorite records, Disco. Phil Ramone production. Classic. So make sure your children tune into Netflix and check all that out because there's some good stuff on there. I know you, some of you are bored at home and not feeling the clubs and tell me, what are you thinking? Like, I, I, I dream that this club is going to happen. They're, Michael Gray was telling me a story and this happened to me. Has there ever been a moment where you're playing a record and you forget which US, which pioneer is on and you hit stop and, and everything stopped while you were playing. Has it ever happened to you in a live set? Oh, yeah. I think anyone that says it hasn't is talking. Because it's happened to me almost every set. I always do it. Ah, I'll oh, be, you know no, why? Because you got 10 people going like this to you and you're playing bartender. <laughs> and then you're like, wait a second. Oh, fair oh. enough. But that, yeah, that has happened to me. I'm not going to lie. There's been... <laughs> Many What'd you do? Ago. What'd you do when it happened? What'd you do? What'd you do? I remember. <laughs> Problem is with sticks, you can sometimes light them. And I remember there's been, this is years ago, but I remember going, oh, I'm going to lift that out. And yeah, it was the one I was playing. I think everybody's done it. Anyone that says they haven't, and I'm talking to people at home, they're lying. We've all done it. Anyone that says they haven't, they're lying because we've all done it. I don't do it now, though. I try not to. I've not, I've not done it now. <laughs> so what, so mistakes. What, That's why I don't do it now. You learn from your mistakes. Cause what, I what was the big mistake you made? I lifted. So I, there was a time I was playing and the USBs were linked. And I, I think it was just a moment of madness. It was a moment of madness. We'll say that for you know, fun <laughs> on the screen. And I lifted the sticker and I went, oh, that was not the, what I was meant to do. So the key of the story and the moral of the story is just keep both sticks up and just play USB, USB. Don't link them, just <laughs> keep them as they are. You know, How you important is seamless mixing in the night for you? Do you care about it being perfectionist or do you care just about getting in from one record to another, making that rush happen? Me personally, or if I go... As personally for you, we're talking to the kit, to the Kit Kat, with her kit. Kit Kat. For me... Kitty Kat. Well, when I play, I like to take risks when I play. So a lot of the stuff I will play because I have this love for underground disco will be unquantized. So I could put, you know, you're talking live drummers here and not everybody's going to be on the beat. So for me, first and foremost, play good music, but I, I like to be technically good as well, but I'm not scared to play something that's totally all over the BPM board. I'll just, you know, if I love the track and I feel it's going to go in with what I've just previously played, I don't want to be a one-track pony because the problem is you can get some people that will play tracks all night and it will sound, they, they just keep it here. I like to go here, 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 and everywhere. That's the way I, I like to go on a journey. So is it more for you to tell a story? Your stories, 
what's the story based? Are you preparing for this story or is it just something that happens when you walk it in? It happens. It goes by, you know, the crowd, what I'm feeling, stuff that's, you know, tracks that are important to me, things that mean a lot to me. Just from that perspective, it just, yeah. It just, I'm... I always say, and you know what, this is a good question, Lenny. I always say that music is the soundtrack to your life. So when I play, I'm playing sounds that are something that means something to me, and that is the soundtrack to your life. So, yeah, that's the way I see it. That makes sense. Oh, it totally <laughs> makes sense. Because you know, here, here we go. You'll hear a record like, um, wake up everybody, come on sleeping in bed. When you hear something like that, what do you think about? Like you Teddy Pendergrass, how Melvin is Blue Notes singing that. What's like, what's the image that pops in your mind? If you heard of affairs, wake up everybody. It, it, it's one of these things that just, it, you know, the world does need to wake up. A lot of people are blind to what's going on and, you know, it's just one of these things, wake up, look at what's happening around you. And that's such a powerful song that you've mentioned and one that I happen to absolutely love, you know, and the message is in the music. Yeah, it's especially relevant right now because we're in trying times and what better song, you know, wake up everybody because we do need to wake up. A lot of people are just so zoned out. They're glued to their phone or they're glued to social media and they're not actually awake to what's going on in the bigger picture. They're only stuck in their own bubble. Well, well here's the deal. I think with COVID, I think COVID taught us that we are not in control of anything anymore. Exactly. Exactly. It's well, definitely people different. thought they were in control. People thought they were in control of their lives. They've just, I think they realized, the people realize on the ground, ground zero, that you're really not in control. No. See, that's the thing. People always, you know, if someone had said to us, like, you know, even last year, you know, by this time next year, you will have to wear a face mask if you go anywhere. Everyone would have been like, what, You're, you, what, what are you saying? That's, that's not going to happen. And look at the state of affairs now. That's a new normal. We've had to reset and readjust and start again. That's, you know, it's, it's the way of the world. <coughs> Out of that <laughs> sentence, you gave, us, you gave us four <laughs> songs. That's the way of the world. Uh, what's going on, Marvin Gaye heard. I heard a lot of different songs from all the lines you said, which is funny. <laughs> and all these songs are relevant now. They all yeah. really relevant to today. Yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. It's especially today. I think this has been one of the most trying times for a lot of people um, in terms of, you know, the way of the world, what's going on. I mean, it's been a shock to the system to say the least. Yeah. Are you a sound system nut? Like you like huge sound systems or you like more intimate settings? What is your thing as a DJ? For me, you know what, it wouldn't matter if it was an intimate setting or, a, you know, something on a bigger scale. If you are playing to an audience that are totally locked into what you're doing and are feeling what you're doing, what more, I wouldn't care if that was 20 people or 2,000 people. If the people that you are playing to absolutely love and are feeling what you do, you're winning. That, you know, that's the best possible thing you could hope for. And to be honest, I love the small intimate gigs as much as the bigger ones. 
because you, you get to connect to people in a more intimate environment. You get to see their faces closer up. You get to see who's engaging with you. You can see who's really vibing out or who's like, what the hell is this nonsense? <laughs> you know, but you can see that. You can read that and you can, you know, it's that engagement. It's important and it's good. Connecting with the crowd. Is that more important on an intimate level or you like it also? Because I know you've done some of the bigger gigs. You know. Level, you should be connecting with the crowd. That should not, I don't think that the sight of that should ever be lost, determined, like, based on the number of people that are there. Whether it's two people that have shown up to see you or, you know, 200 or 2,000. If you're making sure people, you know, if you're being true to yourself and playing music and the people are enjoying it, then you're doing the right thing. And, you know, yeah, that's the way I see it. Give us your best gig ever, Natasha Kitty Cat. Your biggest and best gig. Okay, well, there's been a few that have been stand out to me, but prop the gig that made me and, you know, has got me to where I am today and opened up all the opportunities. And, you know, I wouldn't be where I am today without it was when I played um, the last ever Southport weekend at Minehead and it was in the Sunsea Beat Dome. They were like, right, okay, we're going to give you a shot. You've got a shot to do it. And I remember being out there and I was, oh God, it was nerve wracking. But I was like, you know what, just go for it. And I remember playing my last song, which was Terry Callier, I Don't Want to See Myself Without You. And it has that slow build and then it just goes bang. And I just remember the reaction of the crowd. And fortunately, one of my friends managed to capture that video and always said, you know, and this, this maybe sounds grim, but I always said, you know, at the end of my life, if I could go back to one moment and recapture it in my mind, it would be that moment with the audience and that feeling because it's so special to me and it's so sacred to me. And it's, it's one of these things that whenever I hear that song, I'm taken back to that time and it's something that's really close to my heart. And here's the other part. So we go from the great to the worst and we've all had those. The worst. The worst despicable gig ever. <laughs> oh, oh God. That this is dreadful. I remember it was a few years back. I can't, to be honest, I could not tell you the name of the club. I can't remember. I honestly cannot remember. But I remember it was it was somewhere in England, somewhere, and I'd been booked for this club. And it, oh, it, it was not my vibe. <laughs> the guy, the thing is, they said, oh, you know, we love what you do. And I was like, have you listened to the stuff that I play? Because this is not a match. The guys on before me was like, boom, 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 like absolute dribble. And then I had to go on. And it, the way it had been set up, it, it was just, a, it wasn't good. I could not tell you the name of the place, but I, I really didn't enjoy it. I'll tell you that much. And it was bad, really bad. How bad? Very bad. 10 out of 10 bad. 11 out of 10 bad. Damn, that's that's really bad. Really They're bad. Playing, were they playing techno? They were playing techno before I went on, yeah. Oh my God. I was, I was like, oh my God, if there's a hell I am in it. True. <laughs> <laughs> hey. And there's only one place to be true, is on True House Stories. And we thank you for that. Yourself, always. <laughs> you want to be truth. 
Pre to you having the rotary mixer, what was your mixer pre to that ENS? So before that, it was a rotary, not as advanced as this one, but I had an Omnitronic little Omni that I used to use. But yeah, it was the Omni was my first one, then this. So I do love a rotary mixer, darling. Are we rotary? Are we rotary? So go, go, behind, go behind the DJ set and lift the mixer up and show everybody how proud you are of your red ENS mixer. I feel like I'm on one of those game shows where it's like Yes, yes. Look at that, everyone. Big of beauty, darling. And it's red, my favorite color. So what's on the turntable sitting on the autofine needle to the left? I will bring that. Oh my God, look what she's got. She's Main got a slip mat. Look at this. I can't wait for. Main ingredient. And we have Think Positive, main ingredient. Ain't that something? If that's not what you are trying to send out, quiet signals, what is that slip mat, that colorful rainbow? Oh, you're this being from New York, Lenny. You'll like this. Share it with us, child. Share it. Oh, my God. Where'd you buy that? I got these off eBay, but when I seen them, I had I was like, if I'm going to get slip mats, they're going to have a paradise garage. So yeah, they they are prize slip mats. Would you have loved to meet to meet Larry Levan? Yes, absolutely. My cat was going to be called Larry. At one <laughs> point, I wanted to call it Lad as Larry. Now he's a Lattis. He didn't look like a Larry, so he got called a Larry. He threw the other room. Do you want me to try and get him? Bring the cat over. Right, get you. Maybe you need to give me five minutes. We'll give I'll, you five minutes and we'll recap. I'll get the cat. I'll get the cat. So we're actually in Natasha's lair. Dr. Evil has a lair. And Batman has a lair. And Natasha's got her Paradise Garage ENS Rotary lair infused with Star Trek memorabilia and a lot, and a lot of sci-fi. The one question I want to ask her is, is that her natural color hair? Or is that she constantly keeps jet black dye? We're going to ask that question when she comes back. But for the most part, I'm glad all of you have tuned into Lenny on Wednesdays, the True House Stories. I'm telling you, this is getting really good. And I'm getting a lot of people asking me to want to be on this Wednesday night show because I guess apparently we must be doing something really nice and giving everyone free entertainment on a Wednesday evening. I take part of my day to share it with all of you. And I'm glad to be able to do it. And I'm glad we have a forum through Zoom and Facebook Live and all the other places. And I see everyone sharing all of our feeds, which is super cool. And Natasha's a pretty cool cat. She's pretty cool. She's got some good stuff going on. And, you know, Glitterbox has, has elevated her career. And she's been asked to play at many, many events. It's just sad that all of us right now are in the same situation that Thanks to COVID, we can't really travel anywhere. So right now we're, we're using the time in a very positive, more think positive direction. You guys are coming out with some great questions. But I'll tell you, we've all had those bad gigs. I'll give you one that was mine. 
for me at my gig, one of the biggest, most important things aside from playing, I like to make sure I have a fantastic dinner. <laughs> so we, we went, I was, I think it was this club in Germany. This gig was one of those gigs you want to forget, but for whatever reason, I couldn't forget. We finally got there. It was nine o'clock at night. It was in no Germany. And the, the promoter says, I said, well, we're going to go to dinner. He goes, we're not going to dinner. It's already nine o'clock. I'm like, dude, we've been traveling all day to get here. He says, well, we can order food. So there was something in, in German, right? Stock or something like that. It's, it's beef and a brown gravy, basically a steak. So they get me the steak. It's in a, in a um, styrofoam type of thing. Like you go buy fast Chinese food. I remember taking the plastic knife and the fork and doing this. It's not cutting. I'm just sitting there and I'm like, I'm starving and I just can't cut through this meat. It was like, you could have taken this thing. It was like leather. That was when it started. When I walk out after finish that horrible dinner, I walk outside and we walk over to where the club is and the guy's playing fast GABA techno before me. I was like, this cannot be. This cannot be. What am I going to be able to play after this? So you want to talk about really bad gigs? That happens to be one of the worst gigs I think I've ever been on. Ah! Oh my God, look at the kitty cat. Oh my God. He's catching me. But look, say hi to everybody, Atlantis. Atlantis. Hello. Hi. Atlantis, you are funny. Does Atlantis like when you play the music or, she, or the cat goes and hides? No, to be honest, he sits up on the bed. And he observed, serious. He was actually, you know what it was funny? He was sitting near the door. I was like, come on, come on, have to go. He's still there. Come on, are you being shy? Yeah, he's no, he's Atlantis, sitting. do you like disco too? What do you favor? He's a disco cat. Disco, he's a disco cat. They see it's funny because he's a Persian. And the breeder, when I got him, said, you know, they like country and western music. I was like, not gonna hear that in my house, but he seems to like disco. Don't you? Don't you, Atlantis? Yeah, he's sitting quite happy. So I had gotten a question quietly while you were away trying to find the cat. People want to know your styling and the jet black hair. Is that naturally your color, or you have to enhance it? No. So my natural. The thing is, see, when I was a baby, I had blonde hair. And then it went like brownie, like brown, medium brown. It's not like even dark brown. But when I was younger in my early teenage years, this goes back to back to a lot of my influence. I've always, since I was little, I've always loved like Anne Rice and vampires. And, you know, I loved the Adams family growing up and I seen Morticia. I was like, I want to look like that. And I've always thought that way since I was little. So jet black hair, I used to, when I, you know, when I was 13, 14, 15, I had a gothic stage, I think, that still lingered on in my style. I, you know, I love all that. But yeah, I love a lot of vintage styles. Like, I love Betty Page, hence the haircut. Um, 50s, you know, that sort of... I love a bit of that. I love a bit of the old Hollywood thing, a wee bit of 
you know, Vampira. She's my absolute gem. I love Vampira. She's one of the. Do you, do you, for the stylings part, do you shop off the rack or you go to boutiques? What do you wind up doing? I don't. The thing is, I'm one of these people, like, I will, I look for things specifically. There's certain times I'll shop off the racks, but to be honest, I'm not one of these people that follows like current styles. If I like something, I'll wear it any time of the year because I think it either suits me or I like the style of it. I, it's not a case of, oh, this is what's, you know, on trend right now, or this is what everybody's wearing. And I don't kind of operate that way. I'm like, you know what? I like that. I think that looks good. I'll go with that. I sort of play to the beat of my own drum drum, like that kind of thing. I, you know, I like what I like. It's the same with everything in life, really. I like well, all the women watches, a lot of women watching and asking me, is there a certain like fragrance you like to, you know, to use as far as perfume or cologne? Vivian Westwood. It's called Flirty Alice. I love Vivian Westwood as a stylist. And there's one called Flirty Alice. It's beautiful. So I would say Flirty Alice, Vivian Westwood. That would be one of my go-to fragrances. Does Natasha wear dresses or you just are you just mostly a person that is into the jeans and, and pants? Out? Oh, no, I'm in a, a glittery dress. Glittery dress, red dress, glittery dress or a black dress. But no, I'm Pumps, heels or no heels? Kitten heels. <laughs> I like a little kitten heel, which is all right. But then at some point in the night, I'll have some flats in the bag because you can't dance all night in those heels. Even if they are kitten heels, we will get tired at some point. <laughs> so I like to be comfortable. So yeah, I do like heels. I've got as well, I like boots. So I've got my, my absolute prized pair of boots. So these like iridescent silver, I call them my moon boots. They are my prized, prized ones. So yeah. All right. So we're getting close to the end. I want to ask you a couple of last questions. What's yeah. most important? What's the next moves when we come back? What are you What are you focusing on, on the road, the journey to the top? Where is this? So what's next in terms of once this horrible thing? Yeah, let's pretend it's over. What's next? I have my self-released EP that's coming out on my own label, Get With Disco Records, is dropping. I meant to be receiving, receiving the physical, like I've put it out on vinyl and it's going out on digital. I meant to be receiving the copies this week. It should be out by next week. My EP, four track EP, all original material. And as far as I can see in the future, you know, I've got some production projects under wraps at the minute. I've got a collaboration that I'm doing with um, two of my friends, we've been working remotely. Got trumpet player, Tommy Tanji, fantastic guy, and Bell, amazing singer. We're working on a project that we can see, you know, we've managed to complete two tracks. We've got five sitting there, we want to get that up to eight, get a little album out by next year. And um, gigs off the back of that. I'm laughing, Atlantis is scratching at the door to get out. But no, um, yeah, you know, hopefully gigs, when we can see that happening again, but, who knows when that will be, but you know, just playing over the world, meeting new people, you know, producing music and being creative has been my savior during this time, as I imagine it has been for a lot of people. So it's just 
a case of just continuing on the journey and just keep going and hopefully things continue. And this is something I say to everybody, you know, treat every gig and every important, you know, thing in your life as if it's your last, because who knows when the next one's going to be or if it is actually right. your last. Praise, yeah. that's, 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 that's some great wise words from a young lady that's rocking the discotheques. <laughs> Anything you want to leave us with that we didn't talk, cover? Because I think we covered a lot of spectrum on this interview. Yeah, we went there. We went there. <laughs> Across the board. Pioneer yeah. Denon, uh, Techniques, uh, Fisher Price. We talked about toys. We talked about endorsements. We talked about everything. <laughs> we even talked about dark I stuff. Nice stuff. We even yeah. talked about this. We talked about this. We've talked about everything. Everything. Yeah. No, if there's anything you want to ask, Lenny, if there's any last. I'm going to ask everybody out there, is there any questions you want to hit me up with for, for NTT? Because they've been saying, Lenny, good question. They, they'll, they'll, they'll verify I'm asking good questions. That's, see, that's a good fan base, Lenny. That's what you want. They're telling you you're doing They're the telling me that's a good question. Like, I, I think a lot of questions I asked, I don't think you were ever asked before. Mm. No, not at all. In a candid interview like this. And, unless I like that, though, because the way I was brought up in the household I was brought up, my mother is someone who, I'm a, more so my mother, though, someone is very much to the point, what you see is what you get, that's it. Does so, your, okay, so does your mom, like I know my daughter, here's the deal. Mom and dad, we say this all the time, we're looking forward to grandchildren. Are they asking that question from you or is it's never? My mother and dad have been asking that question for many a year, but it's not gonna happen anytime soon, Lenny. I don't want any disco baby shit. <laughs> At some point, maybe, maybe, who knows? I don't know, but it'll definitely be a disco baby. Like the question this. is, the disco baby has to be with the right disco daddy. Absolutely. <laughs> is, there, is there a disco daddy there? <laughs> well, that's what I... I, I I'd like to bring disco daddy into the interview too. Right <laughs> disco, we need disco daddy there so I can start asking disco daddy. So, daddy, tell us, how do you handle the fact when she's on a flight going to play somewhere? You know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah. No, no, That's my belief. You don't have the right disco daddy. There's no disco baby. No disco babies. Because unless you're like Dr. Evil, unless you're like Dr. Evil, we can make you mini kitty cat. We'll make you, you know, like this little mini thing coming around. Oh, God. That, that's a scary thought. A mini me. Oh, somebody, somebody asked a good question. Karen, she says, if you can go out, who would be your perfect lineup for the night? In so like, if I could go out and listen to music. And hear well, yeah, like if you were going out clubbing, what would be the perfect stellar lineup for you? Obviously, Lenny Fontana would be on that bill. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not bullshitting, I'm telling the truth. Telling I, have, I love Red Greg. He's a fab disco DJ in the UK. Fantastic guy. Yeah, he's old school. He's a good guy. Sadar Bahar. Okay. That I really, really love. Um, Sadar Bahar. Motor City Drum Ensemble. Another guy I really respect. Um, look, the thing is, my, my mind is cloudy. Let me think. Who else would I really want to see? 
DJ Harvey. Harvey is another one I find really, really cool because you never know where that's going to go. That guy is really inspirational. Yeah, it's... That's a good line. Listen, that's a strong... Yeah. I'm going to tell you right now, that's an expensive lineup for the night already. <laughs> You've already cracked the promoter's banks wide open to get all of us there. So, so here's another question. If you... Um, uh, DJ Silk wrote, how do you recharge yourself when and if you get in those unwanted moods? Oh, you know what? That is a good question. It can be hard. Um, something that I've recently started doing, believe it or not, is meditation and mindfulness. It can act, I've found it, especially during this period with lockdown, it's been a savior for me. So there's an app as well, you know, if you're starting with this sort of thing called Headspace. And all it takes is like three to five minutes out of your day, just basic meditation, just refocusing and just, you know, finding that inner calm because the world is chaotic, especially when you're in the DJ lifestyle, you're living in the fast lane, you know, you're going from A to B, you're going to different places, everything, blah, and you need to find that grounding and that sense of calm and, you know, mindfulness, meditation, that, that's how I do it. And it's something, I mean, it's something that's relatively new and recent to me, but my God, I am so glad I found it. It's, it's such a good way to ground yourself and to give yourself some inner peace. And I would highly recommend it to anybody, whether you're a DJ or not, you know, if you want to find that inner calm, then that's, that's the way to go about it, I would say. That's a great, yeah, I, I, you know what? That's just basically a mental reset. At that it point. is. It's, it's like, imagine your brain as a computer. It's like rewiring your brain. You know, that's the way I see it. Just perceive are you Are you a firm believer of the secret? You know, I don't know if you know about that, where someone will project an image or project something that they really want, and it's a, is it obtainable? Have you ever been in that situation? So like you project the law of attraction. Right. Thought turns thing. into actions, right. So this is a tough one because I've read up on theories about people who've invested a lot in the law of attraction and tried to follow these things. I do believe if you really want something, just have that tunnel vision, do what you need to do to get it. Whether that's the law of attraction, I don't know. That's a gray area for me. But if you want to do something, just apply yourself. And if you get there, that's great. And, you know, just... As long as you can say I did my best, that's, you know, you, you've won anyway. Even whether that means a really successful career or just doing something to enjoy. I, I mean, the way I see it is just apply yourself and go as far as you can. And, so every, you know, it's like anything in life. There's going to be people who are better. You know, there's people that are going to be more successful. But as long as you're on your personal journey and you're doing what you need to do, then you know, you're doing the right thing. Just follow your own path. As I said earlier, don't worry about other people. Just go on your own journey. Well then, you hear that, people? I Set sound like I'm wise and spiritual. I'm not at all. <laughs> <laughs> you hear that, everybody? Take a not at all. <laughs> telling you project, you can get it if you believe in it, but you're going to have to work hard for it. <laughs> Natasha's learn learned the ropes. From her start, her humble Still beginnings dead. with her mom and dad, they've taken her under their wings, taken her out dancing, taught her the ropes, gave her the musical education, and the rest was up to her. She had all the basics to become the superstar DJ. 
I want to thank you.